0: Bloody Elbow presents The Level Change Podcast A combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez
1: Welcome back and thank you for listening to episode 221 of The Level Change Podcast I'm Steffi Haynes and I'm joined as always by my amazing co-host victor rodriguez and today we've got a host of topics ranging from ill-fated returns to the almost constant stream of disturbing details emerging about power slap victor how are you handling the unfortunate news of your release from the ufc roster
2: well i mean you know we do what we can you know what i mean you you, you think that you were a uh... Ava, go out there and do your best. Because look, you can't blame me for thinking I could do better. You know, I'm a genetic freak, and I'm not normal. <laughs> if he was to put me one on one with another fight, fr- no, I'm not doing the whole thing. Yeah, man, it's uh, if you didn't get the joke, the uh, the the fighter formerly known as Victor Rodriguez released from the UFC. Uh, I haven't seen that dude fighting forever. What, what, where was he at?
1: Uh, he fought recently. It was about three or four months back, but unfortunately, he didn't win.
2: Mm. Yeah, well, he seems like a nice enough guy. I hope things work out.
1: Yeah, me too. I think just some more time on the regionals. He seems like one of those guys that maybe got moved a little bit too fast into the big league.
2: He probably got called up too soon. Like, you know, like, I don't like fill in fight.
1: Right. That's what I'm thinking too. So we have quite a bit of news we're going to pick and choose from over the past week and a half. I'll tell you what, though, this one stuck out to me, and it is the lawsuit between Paradigm Sports and Manny Pacquiao, and it's not between them. Obviously, Paradigm Sports is the one that has filed the lawsuit. Now, we've known about this for a while. They filed it back in 2021. It is a breach of contract lawsuit against the boxing legend, and what happened was the suit claims that Pacquiao, who at the time was a recent signee with Paradigm, and if Paradigm is a familiar name to you, they represent Conor McGregor, and I believe they represent Israel Adesanya, but I'd have to check on that, but they definitely represent Conor McGregor, so that's why that name is uh, familiar to you. Anyways... They sign Manny Pacquiao, and he ends up going back and working with Al Heyman's PBC, Premier Boxing Champions. And part of that deal with Paradigm was there was supposed to be a $25 million purse to face Mikey Garcia. They claim that fell apart after Pacquiao wanted a guaranteed $5 million in advance without even fighting. Also included was a planned crossover boxing match with Conor McGregor, one of Paradigm's top talents as I mentioned earlier. So this case is moving forward per a report by MMA Fighting. Now, Audiatar, that's another name you guys probably know, and that is because he is the direct manager of Conor McGregor, and he is also one of the big wigs at Paradigm. I believe he is one of the managing partners. Now, he released a statement, and this is what he had to say. Manny's days of thumbing his nose at our contractual rights are almost at an end. We have an overwhelming case against him and look forward to justice being served. The court has already entered an order stating that, Due to his consistent violation of court orders, Pacquiao is now deemed to have admitted that he breached his contract with Paradigm and that Paradigm has suffered more than twenty million in damages. If any promoters, managers, fighters, or broadcasting networks are considering entering into an agreement with Manny prior to the trial, they are now on notice that Paradigm will immediately commence an action against them for tortious interference with contract and seek both an injunction and damages. Once Paradigm wins at trial in March, we will cut off 100% of Manny's opportunities to earn money in the United States from any source because any revenue he generates will be attached to his judgment. Additionally, Paradigm will aggressively pursue enforcement of its judgment in any foreign country where Manny seeks to fight. Now, Jud Burstein is a name we need to keep in mind here because he is the one that is representing Paradigm in this ongoing case. That is the X factor here because now Manny Pacquiao's legal team is saying that they want this whole thing thrown out because Judd Burstein actually (laughs) represented Pacquiao in a previous contract dispute lawsuit. So this thing has all sorts of wheels on it and they're going in so many different directions. But I think it's interesting In that, Manny Pacquiao just recently announced at Ryzen that he was going to be facing some sort of crossover star. So we have that in addition to this, and it makes me wonder if he's out here trying to just drum up as much revenue as he can because of a this lawsuit and b he might not have any ability to to make this kind of money any in in the very near future victor what are you taking from all of this
2: i'm really sort of taken aback at how i'm not used to seeing language that forceful Mm Mm-hmm in a combat sports lawsuit and we've seen our fair share of these obviously i'm not privy to too much of the fine print this was not fine print this might as well have been in 72 point font bold face triple up underline all that shit we will aggressively pursue son we coming for that fucking coin is what that said to me man like yo we we it 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 seemed to me like audio Atar was doing like the a little sniper hand gesture here with his fingers, going "gotcha, bitch!" Like, yeah, we got. It, it's it's more so than the fact that it denotes a very strong sense of determination to pursue this through the legal system uh, to the very end. More than that, what it reads to me as is, we're not just going to pursue this. We're not just going to be. We're not just going to clamp down and not release this bone. Uh, we're very confident that we're going to get the marrow inside it. That's where I kind of took from it. I mean, it seems like they're not just going, like they're they're, they're really um, demonstrating that they've got a very good chance of making this work and and not in Pacquiao's favor. And I, you know, you, you hear things. I don't believe everything I hear. But, uh, you know, you've been hearing about how Manny Pacquiao has been... Uh, you know, he's he doesn't like fighting too much in the U.S. because of all the taxes, you know. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he's got to take that money back to the Philippines and pay taxes on top of it there. There was that fight in Macau that he had a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were speculating, why is it in Macau? Well, yeah, because he doesn't have to pay the same heavy uh, amount. You know, even though he's got a significant audience in the United States, he'd much rather fight elsewhere because of that, like some. In the case of some uh, UFC fighters, that didn't like fighting in Brazil, mm-hmm. especially the Brazilian fighters, because like, well, shit, I don't want to like, is this supposed to go to my kids, not some, not some government that you know, I'm not, that's not, that's not really going to work for me. So, um, I'm really, really curious as to how this whole thing originated. I mean, what just Pacquiao just figured he could up and leave? Did he not think?
1: Yeah, that's exactly and, what he did, too. He thought I, everybody I was understand. just going to say, oh, he's a legend. Let him do whatever.
2: Or, or perhaps it's more like, you know, well, if they come after me, you know, I'll I'll have my lawyers handle it and it'll be fine or whatever. You know, it could be something like that. Someone of his um, stature or someone who's been in the public eye for as long as he has. really no one's going to be too crazy. Like if they do come after me, I'll throw them a little something and you'll figure it out. Nah, dude. I mean, I'm, I'm clearly, again, I'm, I'm engaging in very heavy speculation. I don't know what's in the mind and heart of this man, but that is not, um, I, I can't think of any other reason why you would expect this to be a thing. And then on top of that, you get $25 million in a contract with a $5 million advance. Like, Paradigm is a management agency. I do find it a little odd that they're also engaging in setting fights up like this. I and mean, this is not unusual necessarily. Oh no, what, what they you were
1: saying it? on that, if you don't mind. What they were saying was that the the negotiations fell apart because he was expecting a five million dollar
2: advance. Oh, okay. I misread yeah, that, that. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's... So I thought I thought he had already been given at least a portion of that five mil up front.
1: No, no, okay. no. It was it all came down to that he wanted it. He wanted an advance on his purse of five million when the yeah. the entire purse was only going to be 25 million, which was probably going to be divvied up 20,000 ways from Sunday.
2: Yeah, that kind of, I don't, well, look, I'm not a multimillionaire, but when a multimillionaire does something like that, they're probably hurting. Like something happened. You know I mean? I, I hope, <laughs> I hope things are going okay over there, but, Are you okay over there? You really you you blew up this whole deal over that five mil like that. Uh, I don't like this, my guy. This is this. This is this is a problem. And what is he doing now His the most recent fight that I saw him in was against the systemic guy, the Korean dude, DKU, a guy who, who does basically choreographed demonstrations and a lot of arm flailing.
1: Well, he, like, he did make the announcement that he was going to have a 2023, and they said it was going to be a boxing return.
2: If you've seen any of you's videos, mm-hmm. give him a chance. It looks, it, I mean, he looks amazing when he's doing those demonstrations, but it's precisely because that's what they are, yeah. demonstrations. There's a lot of compliance from the partners. Right. This guy's not really a fighter is what I'm trying to tell you. This guy's not really like a martial artist in the sense of like, this is a guy that's doing something that's effective and combat proven and all that. But why is Pacquiao fighting him? The money's there. Why is Floyd Mayweather going in there against the guy from Geordie Shore that used to fight for Bellator? Because the money's there. Right. Somebody's, well, if there's, if there's anybody willing to watch him do it and most, more importantly, more, more so than that, someone who's willing to pay him, whether it's legit money or whether it's blood money. I mean, it's going to happen. He's got a big enough name and he's going to keep doing it because he's got spend a lot of money. And that's not a secret. You know, we've heard this from multiple people already that have been around Pacquiao. Mm-hmm. So all of this is just such a hideous mess. And I, I really, you know, paradigm, uh, clearly they smell blood and they are very, very thirsty.
1: Well, you know, you, you look at this thing, there's a reason they signed a big star like Manny, even though he's aging and on the decline, because there was uh, clearly money to be made. And it's obvious that the money to be made was with that crossover fight with McGregor. That's probably why they signed him top to bottom. Mm -hmm. It could have been that. But then having this um, supposed fight with um, Mikey Garcia fall through because he wanted a $5 million advance. I mean, $5 million. That's insanity.
2: That is pretty crazy. And you know what the thing is? The, the McGregor fight, I mean, what are the odds of that happening now? The UFC is not oh. in the same kind of need to loan McGregor out for for a boxing match as they were for the Mayweather. Well,
1: at the time, though, remember, at the time, that it would have made sense. Mm. You know, um, it was early on in the pandemic, too, right before. It was May. It was right when they were trying to get the Tachi Palace to sanction, uh, an event there. And then they had to basically cancel the London card and hold everything at the apex. But we went for about a month and a half without any fights while they tried to figure out how they were going to do this. And that's how we got all the <laughs> apex fights and the fight Island cards. But at the time things were pretty dicey and everybody was probably really worried. And I feel like that fight, might have been something that all parties were looking at very seriously. So for him to run off over to Al Haman, I mean, I can see why they they feel like this is lawsuit worthy. They probably lost quite a bit of supposed money that they would have made. I understand. Now the the other thing to this story. That, that always gets me with Manny is his immense I mean 900 plus people have have been in his entourage at one time that he paid for airfare, hotel, food, tickets to the event. That shit is expensive that mm-hmm. millions and millions of dollars just to ferry around his entourage. So and then the other thing, too, is he's had multiple run-ins with the tax man. So we have to keep all of these things in mind and understand that Manny is a guy that's frantically grasping at whatever money straws are left available to him. Okay, but poking people in the eyes like this ain't going to get that done.
2: Okay, but here's you got to consider something here. What you just mentioned, as far as the authorizer is concerned. You got to have a crew that big. How else are you going to keep the IRS away? You got to have a trained army. A dude's ready to just immediately just get in there and be like, hey, you, you, you stay away from him, goddammit. it. That's my, my, my meal ticket. Mine.
1: <laughs> that's, that's unfortunately how it works. Now we're talking about meal tickets. And we're going to jump directly into another story. And the reason why I'm carrying the first two is because Victor has two stories that have selected them specifically for him because if you've noticed anything over the past several months, I specifically give these stories to Victor for a reason because nobody tells a retirement or unretirement story better than Victor. So that is why I'm running the first two of our news stories. And this next one I spoke about in our intro when I said that more Ugly details are emerging from Dana White's power slap uh, promotion. When the first episode aired last week, we got to watch some truly scary knockouts. And they were knockouts. Make no mistake. Especially the one where the, quote, head catchers, the two guys that are standing behind the guy that's about to get slapped, that's about to have his jaw basically rearranged on his face well the first guy that falls he falls right in between the head catcher's legs so his head actually wasn't stopped by the guy that was supposed to do that he had one job and he could not fucking do it and there were two of them standing there now when the guy falls he immediately goes into fencing posture And of course, Chris Nowinski, PhD, he's a neuroscientist. He started out as a football player, then he went on to pro wrestling. He didn't stick around very long in either of those things because he quickly realized that his brain health was more important to him. But this guy is kind of a heroic type person. The brain health of all athletes is very important to him. He looked at this and this is what he tweeted. This is so sad. Note the fencing posture with the, the first brain injury. The first, he said. He may never be the same. Dana White and TBS Network should be ashamed. Pure exploitation. What's next? Who can survive a stabbing? Dr. Nowinski holds a doctorate in behavioral neuroscience from Boston University School of Medicine. He serves on the NFL Players Association, Mackie White Health and Safety Committee, the Ivy League Concussion Committee, the Positive Coaching Alliance National Advisory Board, and is an advisor to All Elite Wrestling. According to the rules of Power Slap. Now, these coming up statements are so freaky to me. Flinching, blocking, or delaying the match are considered fouls. Basically, defense is not allowed. Now, I have a few other things that I'm going to read off real quick, if you don't mind. The first comes from Eric McGraigan, a wonderful attorney who donates lots of his time and services to mixed martial arts, basically because he wants a safer space for the athletes. And you got to love this guy because he pours over everything everything to note anything that warrants our attention. And this is something that he noticed in the official rules. Participants may not participate in a match unless only six days have elapsed since his or her last match, if that match was not more than three rounds. Now, if that match was more than three rounds, but less than six rounds, eight days need to have elapsed. If that match lasted more than six rounds, only 10 days need to have elapsed since his or her last match. 10 days at most. That comes whether or not you are put on the floor, into the fencing posture, looking like you are seizing. Doesn't matter. This is the rule set. One last thing that I want to bring your attention to, another ugly fact. Two, actually, rolled into one. UFC veteran Eric Spicely, really, really nice guy. In his last seven fights, Eric Spicely has won exactly two of them. And those five fights that he lost were brutal knockouts, should be noted. Now he went on Twitter and he said this, I was contacted to do slap league. You guys would be shocked at how much it pays. And a person replied to him, not enough. And Eric Spicely said, first fight was 2K and 2K. So the UFC reached out to a guy who has five brutal knockouts in his last seven fights and offered him two thousand to show and two thousand to win, to stand perfectly still and let someone try and take his jaw right off his skull. Victor, what do you have to say?
2: It's a lot to take in, in a way, mm-hmm. because the manner in which you framed it, and and I, I do think that that I'm, I'm glad you you've put the emphasis that you've uh, added to this and then the context that you've built here. First, I want to address the situation with Chris Nowinski um he was i remember when he was a pro wrestler Mm -hmm. and i remember him having to leave because you know he was like dude my bell got rung like what the hell is going on and he explored other avenues he had an ivy league degree he figured you know what i'm just going to go on and do this and what he's done since is get himself involved in studying the brain and uh, trying to um trying to find ways to minimize damage in professional wrestling and now in other avenues so that's he's he's a guy that you might want to listen to he doesn't seem to me he's never struck me as the kind of guy who's an opportunist chasing down tragedy or trying to um trying to insert himself for attention so he can you know sell the next book or something like that he's not he's not that kind of guy so his his opinions have a certain amount of heft and looking at this whole shit look i I've done. I've mentioned this before, right? When I do that with the W2 app thing every week, I've included slap fighting stuff every now and again. But there's something even more disturbing about this because finding out that these guys are getting paid what they're getting paid, not much more than what some of these guys on the regional circuit are probably getting paid for this. Story. This is a fine, silly spectacle. I don't really have much of a moral or ethical argument against it at a base level. When you're putting it on TV and trying to present it as some sort of a dignified sport, that's where I have a bit of a problem. And when you're looking at the way that these guys are taking it, they're doing this frequently, and they're just going and going and going, and they're getting knocked out. You know, I said earlier as as kind of kind of a joke, somebody said that if Dana White, you know, he, he's probably kicking himself that he was late to bum fights. You know, the only reason I don't think he would do bum fights is because there's no knockouts in it. Think about it. This is the cheapest, le- easiest, and laziest way to present one knockout after another. You know, and something happens when you just see all these knockouts in a row like that. People sort of get inured to them. People sort of, it's going to lose its luster for starters. It's already got the cloud of Dana Slap and his wife over it. It's probably already going to be canceled inevitably. I mean, the ratings don't seem like they're doing too great. And I have to mention all these external factors because this thing needs to die. This was never a good idea in the first place. And the fact that you're using the Walmart model yet again to make this thing happen off the backs of broken bodies of MMA fighters, you're going ahead and you're doing this. You couldn't get zoo for boxing. You had to go ahead and you had to do this. And now look, like all of the things that could potentially go wrong now, now you have a perception that is way more, way more tainted by, the fact that these guys are doing it for crumbs and that they're, you know, this is not, it's not 2013, man. Like people know, people, people know that they need to expect uh, things like this. And we've known about fighters getting punched drunk and stuff over time, but now like now it's so naked, it's so bare and out in the open. And yet you're still trying to funnel this. I don't, I just have so many problems with the way this is being presented. And it really is ultimately, um, it, it never should have happened, really. I, I Again, I if it's one thing for you to do this on a small scale, a couple of guys do this sort of thing, but they're not doing it, you know, more than one fight every four or five months maybe. But this, nah, man, this is, this is ridiculous. And then on top of that, you mentioned the safety protocols. Guys aren't getting caught. Like, damn, set up like one of those wicker canoes or something behind them you know, like a little, a little bamboo raft, something for them to be able to get caught. Like, God, what, what the hell are we doing? What is this? How much lower can the bar get? I I don't know, man. This is, this is just, uh, you're, you're not going to have anything um, get any better on this unless the sponsors ultimately are the ones that say, we're pulling the plug on this. We're not putting many more money into this. And They've already filmed it. It's already been done. They only postponed it for a week. So I'm assuming that that time slot is safe under their, um, you know, for their use. But this this shit right here is just what can I really add? What is there really to say other than this? Like now we're going to now people are going to have to reconcile how strong the permanent damage is going to be for some of these cats because we're seeing those. You saw that uh, you you mentioned that uh, the, the 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 other athlete the, the the lady who was all bricked up who slapped the other girl the mm-hmm. um, yes. the fitness competitor Courtney Olson mm-hmm. who uh, she's famous for doing those videos where she squeezes watermelons apart yes. with her eyes yes yeah yeah she's a pretty well known figure in, in the fitness community I've seen her for years and I saw her get slapped so bad she falls back tries to get up and then she moves and rolls forward like tumbleweed
1: yes that's the one i was discussing with you
2: that's the one you were discussing yes yeah, and that, I, and that I, particular I
1: just, video she actually does a somersault she cannot regain her footing and she, the easiest thing for her to do is just to roll forward she's so disoriented
2: i mean i i don't i don't get it i i'm not and i'm not usually i'm not you it takes you know i'm not phased easily by a lot of this stuff but it's like what is the point, man? This is even more dis- disturbing than when you'd see these people doing the weird shit on Fear Factor. And they're like, they're only doing it for 50 grand? Right? Why is it so little?
1: Vic, Vic, let me tell you. You know the guy with the huge, the, the, this figure man on his face that yes. w- circulated two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. He won the whole thing. Do you know what the whole thing was? It was five freaking thousand. That's it. to win the whole thing, to go through several rounds of that. Victor, I saw his face almost an entire week later. It was six days later. And it's still swollen and quite disfigured. And the, the sag on that side, his eye is open. It's still very discolored, but the sag... It looks like he has suffered Bell's palsy. Now, for those of you out there that do not know what Bell's palsy is, it's very common when a person suffers a stroke, one side of their face, the musculature, and it just stops working. And so you'll see someone with like the the one side of their face, their eyes drooping, their cheek, the side of their mouth. It's, It's literally just one side of your face. This poor cat looks like he has suffered Bell's palsy. But in addition, it's still quite swollen. His eye is still purple as all get out. And it was because he went through, I believe, four rounds. I I would have to check on that, listeners, to be certain. So don't quote me on it. Don't hold me to that fact, because it's as yet not a fact. It's Uh, What I think I'm remembering was that he went through four rounds. I could be mistaken, but he definitely went through multiple rounds. It wasn't just one slap. If you watch the video, you can see he's already swollen and he's bleeding already. So I I believe I saw someone say that it was four rounds that he went through. Five racks. Hmm?
2: Five racks. I mean, like, bro, you know, at that point, you know, get a CDL, bro. Mm Mm-hmm
1: five thousand dollars for that
2: five thousand dollars That's just going to be on the internet and live forever
1: well let's let's look at this from a a financial standpoint only from what he might have had because let's say his jaw was broken which in my opinion it looks like it was it (laughs) might be yeah now you bring it up it might be Let's say it was, or let's say that he ended up with a fractured orbital because remember his eye swelled completely shut. So let's say he suffered from one or the other. Let's not say he had both occur. Let's not say his jaw was fractured and he ended up with a fractured orbital because he would never be able to afford it on 5,000. But either one of those things, even with insurance would eat up a significant portion of that $5,000.
2: You know, that didn't happen in the U.S., did it?
1: No, not that I don't
2: believe so, right? Not I hope one. it's in one of those countries where they have some subsidy for health care, but even then, yes. <laughs> I don't think that's a... Still, mm. still. Yeah, not Does good, not ideal, mm
1: and right now, Victor, as we're recording this on Thursday afternoon at nearly 5 p.m. Central Time, there is a trend on Twitter right now. Power slap is trending. I'm going to read to you some of the tweets right now, okay? Everything about power slap is disgusting. Power slap actually increased this week in both total viewership and in key demo rating. Very disappointing. Dynamite was up. So I wonder if there was a correlation since it follows AEW. Let's hope for a tank job in the coming weeks with PS. Now that comes from uh, user Jimmy Van74. Of course, there's lots of Ariel Hawani stuff and there's lots of clips. The people that are sharing the clips, for instance, this was, bro, oh my God, he sent them to the gulag. This yeah. guy that fell, again, another one where that he it looks like he's having a seizure. I mean, Victor, this is just insane. And then we've had people ask, did anyone actually ask a question when they were holding the meeting to determine if this thing was going to get a sanctioning body? Did anyone ask a single goddamn question?
2: I don't know, man. I, I, it, like I'd rather do porn. Really, I, I, I there's, there's way more dignified ways mm. of doing. You know, the, this is not. And I'm not saying that there's anything, you know, uh, undignified about doing whatever you want with another consenting adult for money, but not hurting people like this and not, not getting hurt in such an insulting fashion for such, such a paltry sum. Uh, I, I mean, good God, what, what are we doing? Who is the audience for this? Who is the demographic that's going to be like, this is a very niche thing and it needs to stay that way. That's the problem. If this was just simply online and it was only like, you know, two rounds or whatever. And even then, even then it's got such a limited shelf life.
1: Well, here's the thing. There is a U.S.-based slap league and they seem to have gotten it right let me let me rephrase that because I, I don't agree with any of the slap leagues, but they seem to have gotten it more right than the ones that we're seeing from Russia and the ones we're seeing from Dana White because they don't allow you to knife chop because a lot of these slaps that you're seeing, these devastating ones that are causing so much damage and ca- and, and that are literally knocking people out are knife chop slaps where that they're intentionally using the knife edge of their hand, that big bony prominence, it's oh, very effective. But this other league that's actually trying to do better, they make them cup their hands and you you have to slap with a cupped hand. I, I feel like that's a little better. But again... I'm of the opinion that slap league should not exist because the whole premise of having to stand perfectly still while somebody winds up to dislocate your jaw is really fucked up to me. Pardon my, my language. Really. Yeah, well,
2: the league that I'm more familiar with slap fight, I think they're out of Missouri. Um, they, they have a pretty strict, you know, no clubbing law, you know, you have to hit a certain spot of the face if it goes like. You know, if you hit the ear, like, no, that's, you know, you you might face a penalty for that. Like, I, I'm not familiar with this whole power slap bullshit. I refuse to watch it out of principle. I'm Same. just like, Same. no, dude.
1: I have not watched any of it. I only see the clips as they float by my timeline. Yep. I refuse to give them one single view. I, I wouldn't even stream this. I wouldn't give a streamer a view off of this. How and much if, more? What
2: is the next shoe that's going to drop here?
1: Exactly. And if I'm never remembered for anything else, I want to be remembered for the fact that I never gave them a single view. <laughs> never, never, never. Now, mm. Victor, you have some some stories, for.
2: Boy, do I ever. My God, what is this? Well, you see, that's the difference between I just mentioned pornography not too long ago. And boy, I know that's going to get me in trouble again. Uh, But you know what the difference is? The biggest difference between pornography and combat sports is that at least in pornography, a lot of people, they retire. They stay retired. Yeah. Yeah, you can have your comebacks after a certain long hiatus or whatever. But for the greater part, once you're done, you're done. And that's a good thing. MMA, not so much. And guess what? Luke Rockhold was on the MMA Hour this week, and he said grand and, 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 uh, and, and, and shiny and uh, full of piss and vinegar that he is back. And yeah, sure, he retired, but guess what? The UFC and Hunter Campbell have granted him his release from the UFC contract, which is good. And now he's going to pursue other avenues in combat sports to fight again, which is perhaps not so good. Quote, your man's a free agent, uh, free and clear. And I'm ready and re-inspired to go out there and do something new. I paid my dues and Hunter Campbell granted me my wish. The door is always open, but I want to go and fuck some people up. If you want bullshit, we can go box, beat up those YouTubers too. And that last line sounds like it came from like some kind of ad from 2003 that's trying to be edgy. Uh, Then he finally says this. I feel like I'm just getting better. I feel like I'm finding my tempo and it feels good. I've got mountains to climb. Okay, Luke, honey, baby. If you feel like you're just getting better, you probably wouldn't have had the performances that you've been having as of late. Number two, you just came out of a crazy hiatus. You just got beat. I mean, sure, maybe maybe the remedy or part of the solution for someone like Rockhold is to not fight guys that are so close to title contention, that are not as high up on the ladder as Paulo Costa, right? Okay, maybe that's the thing. And Sure, he gave him fits in that fight, but ultimately we know that that was not a fight that Rockhold was going to be winning once the thing started going. And now we have this. He wants to go box. He probably wants to go kickbox. Maybe he'll go join PFL, try to chase the million. I don't know how he's going to do that since they don't have a middleweight division unless they allow or unless they reinstitute it, reincorporate it in some fashion, because I know he's not going to drop down a welterweight as Saidi Boussi has done. He's probably going to have to go up to light heavy. Those guys up there, Shoeface and and, and, uh, and all those other dudes, pretty damn tough, and they fight in a way that is absolutely guaranteed to boost Rockhold the hell out of there early and not have him return for the rest of the year. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's spent, frankly. I don't think he's able to perform at a high level. I don't think that means that he shouldn't try other things. I mean, I'd love to see him compete in some sort of competitive grappling, but as much as I love that, we know that that does not pay very well. Then again, neither is boxing. Who does he box? How? What would the money look like? I'm not sure. Maybe the Jake Paul sweets, sweepstakes, and is that paying as much as it can? Would he fight him in MMA under the PFL banner? Maybe, I guess. None of that is guaranteed, because obviously he just announced it, and the whole PFL, Jake Paul, influencer, MMA thing is still being formed as we speak. There's nothing concrete as of yet. So we can't really get too excited about any possibility of him joining that and trying to make that work. And, you know, anything that would be joining the tournament and going through the year-long slog for the million, I think we can safely discount that. I I would hope that that's something that Rockhold doesn't entertain. But now it just looks like, yeah, you're free. What are you going to do with all that freedom you got, my guy? Steffi, where do you see him going next? And how do you see it going?
1: My God, I hope he just stays in his apartment. (laughs) I don't want to see Luke come back. And here's the thing. He had this fight with Paulo Costa where he didn't get completely blown out of the water, where he actually won a round, where he performed probably better than he even expected. But you got to remember that Paulo Costa isn't the bastion of uber technique and all of that stuff. Paulo Costa is very much an animal that relies on his physical gifts to get the jump on somebody and knock them out before you know he he gets uh, embarrassed in there, similar to the way that Izzy did him. So Luke has this great fight with with Paulo Costa, and he immediately starts thinking. As soon as the next day, he was already thinking it. Remember. He was already thinking this as soon as the next day, well, maybe there is a little more left in the tank. Luke, hear me out. Please don't come back. Let us remember you on that great performance you went out with. Let us think about that, about you squishing your blood all into Paulo Costa's mouth. Let us think about you fighting tooth and nail with your shin guard because you can never get that staph infection well and truly under control. Let us remember you for that and not for you coming back and just getting that work every single time you step in.
2: That's the thing, right? I mean, this is the high that you want to chase. If he doesn't need, like there's the guys that need the money, right? There's a guy like the the Diego Sanchez guys who like, well, I mean, I could go out, like I said in the previous thing, right? He could go out and get a CDL. You know, he could go out and try to get some other job somewhere, but he's not going to get the kind of big. You know, the the, the the big chunks, you know, the, the thousands, you know, here and there in one lump sum that he could get through fighting. And that's just sort of what these guys learn to just know and expect. Luke is a little different because he's not starving like that. Nope. But this isn't even, I mean, is it the ego or is it just that hunger for competition?
1: It's ego. It's not about the competition. Luke Rockhold is an ego-driven person. I can tell you that from all the times I interviewed him. Just know that Luke doesn't need the money. He has a beautiful face. He can go out there and continue working with Ralph Lauren. He surfs and he surfs well. Okay, for all of you out there thinking that it's just, you know, some happy pastime, Luke at one time was considering going on the competition circuit. I mean, there's so many other things that he could do that wouldn't require him to to get his hands dirty. Um, I, I do not want to see him come back and that's that you know i'm sitting here and something just rolled across my timeline victor and it's going to depress you and it is right in this conversation are you ready um, for this bigfoot sure, yeah. silva bigfoot silva put out a tweet on well not a tweet an instagram post with his hand extended fully with his fingers all spread out and he said there is not a human being on earth who could survive my slap so guess what he's targeting now uh. Take us to the next story. Give me something to chew on that's not these two guys that don't need to be competing competing.
2: Remember this? Remember this guy? I'm going to give you a name. You ready? Ready. Todd Duffy. What? You remember that guy? Todd Duffy. Yes, the chiseled Adonis heavyweight. Yes, that guy. He made it to the UFC when he was only 23 years old. He came in undefeated. He went out there and blasted Tim Haig, the dearly departed Tim Haig. And immediately made an impression. And sometimes you get into the big leagues and you become a victim of your own success because just mounting expectations become a problem. And then you end up having what happened. And when he fought Mike Russo, a perhaps uh, not as (laughs) the the corpulent fellow and uh, Chicago police officer who put him away with the hammer fist of doom, please. You think the slap boxing thing, you think the slap fighting thing is violent. You should see the way Russo knocked this guy out. My God, that is really, really atrocious, and I think that that hammer fist should have been outlawed. Anyway, Duffy basically had a series of stop and go situations. He brought, he was brought back to the UFC here and there, and um, yeah, he had a really checkered career due to injuries and things not going super great. The loss to Alistair Overeem was a crushing one, but now he has been signed to return. Not in the UFC, not in Bellator, but in KSW. Yes, KSW, an organization that is known for having some bonkers events. Turns out that they had somebody that uh, they needed to face their current heavyweight champion, Phil DeFries. Another name you might remember. Now, Phil DeFries did not, he, his UFC run didn't go great. In fact, one of the people he lost to when his UFC run, Todd Duffy. Duffy knocked him out, put him away brutal stuff it was a tko actually first round just you know really uh really brutal stuff but you know what phil managed to fix himself and just went on to go on a tear he's won 10 straight he's looked amazing in some of those performances uh he's got some he's racked up a pretty funky highlight reel in the process and sure i mean heavyweights it's an odd division. You know, it's not the prettiest. Some of those uh some of the guys that are outside of the sort of larger group of names, not too good. But Phil's been fighting some pretty decent opposition for the greater part. Not all of them have been gems, but a lot of them have been pretty tough dudes and not bums. And so now we have an opportunity for the KSW heavyweight champion to avenge a previous loss against a guy who's trying to come back and prove that he still got it that he can still make waves even at the age of 37. I don't know, man. I mean, look, I don't exactly hate it. Duffy has had some pretty rough losses in the past, but then again, so was Phil. But there's a difference, right? When a guy's on the upswing and he's holding a belt and he still look like he's, you know, just finally really getting into the swing of things because as we know, right, you don't really reach adulthood at heavyweight until you're like 47, Uh not bad. Not really bad at all. And that's going to be in February. So we have until, what, we got another month. Well, yeah, what, the 25th? So it's about a month from now. Um, personally, I don't hate it. I think it's okay, I guess, because it's a fun type of bout. It's not it's not totally based on merit, but it's not the kind of matchup that you would hate. You know, Duffy's 9-3. and three. Uh, He is coming off that last... Uh, uh, fight that he had against Jeff Hughes back in 2019 it was what it was uh, and and he is who he is you know he's had uh he's just he's just had a string of like really really shitty luck and now he's now he's actually trying to make something happen against Phil DeVries who at this point is now currently 36 Duffy's 37 i think it's fine i guess i don't know man i Yeah, KSW wasn't known for putting on egregious mismatches like that. So uh, I I think personally this is fine, I suppose. What do you make of this, Debbie?
1: I think it's way better than the the previous story. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I think it's a lot better than the previous story. And I I feel like they're similar in skill set, similar in the, the point that they're at in their careers phil Fries managed to find his way over there. it was surprising to me to find out that he won that belt. You know, I I should follow along a lot more than I than I do um they with KSW.
2: They got a lot of great shit going on. They they really up. do.
1: I always get wind of it after I'll go back and watch the fights later. But I've really got to start watching them more frequently because they have been putting out some good stuff and, and some good athletes, too. So I'm not as bothered by this as I am by Luke Rockwell coming out. Plus, you know, Todd Duffy has stayed inactive so much more than active that I feel like he hasn't been through the meat grinder like these other guys have, you know? Mm-hmm. So in any event, I this, this one... This was my way of ending on a positive note, despite the overwhelming <laughs> news cycle since the beginning of the year. My God, we just cannot escape bad news lately.
2: No, so, it doesn't. It doesn't really. It doesn't get good. It's just been bad news every three days.
1: I, I mean, uh, this has this been is, a really tough year. Already.
2: Yeah. If, if this is if this is the positive that you have to look forward to, I mean, you know, man. Yeah. It's what it is, I guess. I, I, it's not it, it's it's really not egregious. I guess this is kind of fine. There's, I and I, I just want to leave this with uh, just sprinkle a little more positivity on top. Like, you know, Duffy could come back and actually have a very strange but really uh, interesting Cinderella story here with a whip. I don't know. That's not the, I mean, that's actually pretty cool. I mean, what if, right? Yeah. What if?
1: We could all hope so yeah. it is time for us to wrap up the show what i want you to do right now is follow this guy because he's awesome he's fun he's hilarious check him out on twitter at vic M. rodriguez check out mookie on twitter at mookie alexander myself at Crookland mma the show at level change pod you can find Victor on Instagram, and he's got an amazing feed of wonderful travel photos and foodie photos. So check him out there. That's Victor Sinister Rodriguez on Instagram. You can find Mookie over at SB Nation's field goals website. So if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, that's where you go. Victor and I work for Bloody Elbow, so you can check out our work there. And if you listen to the pre recorded outro, you can find out all the platforms that you can listen to this show on. And you can listen to all the other Bloody Elbow shows on those same platforms. So until next time, please stay safe.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Section, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, the MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, The Hey Not The Face Podcast, and Radio Style Play-By-Play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash Blog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com.